0: Thank you so much, Kerry. I love that story. That's awesome, hey? And God does care about the little things, doesn't he? And uh, Adele just said to me, is that an English thing, bring a plate? And I was like, no, nah, it's Aussie as well. We do know how to put things on a plate and bring it somewhere. So we all know what it means. So don't bring up just a plate. <laughs> Praise God. But it's so good to be back and it's good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, Pastor Jacob is preaching down in Bunbury at Gateway Church and we know he's going to be a real blessing there. Um, And um, what else did I have to say? There was one more thing before I jumped into the message and it's this. Um, So I just wanted to share what we're doing with some of our uh, kids from Kids Church. And so what we're doing is um, with the older kids, we're going to start transitioning them into the main service here. And, um, and I wanted to mention it because, and I know you guys will do this anyway, but I just thought it was worth mentioning, um, because they're going to start to transition over the next six months, so they're going to be joining us here once a month, uh, starting next week, and, and it'd just be great, I know yous will do this anyway, but just to, to really welcome them you know, because it's a big thing for them to come to, they've been in there most of their lives and now they're coming in here and uh, just to see them, welcome them, encourage them, check in on them and just embrace them and I know we will anyway as a church but I just thought it was really important to mention Uh, so we're doing that starting next Sunday. So you'll start to see some of the older kids uh, in service and, and uh, yeah, it'll be great just to get around them. And then at the end of the year we're going to do like a graduation ceremony uh, and we're just going to just really applaud them, give them a gift, a certificate and then as of next year they're going to be with us here full time. And so it's a big thing to transition uh, these kids. You know, we want, them to, to, we want them to still love church. We want them serving in church. We want them to continue to be a part of our family. Uh, so that's starting next week um but yeah it's good to be back as most of you know I've been on a big family holiday epic adventure and uh and it was absolutely amazing like I highly recommend it you know I wasn't too sure about going on this trip you know I love the sun and the beach and I kept saying to Jacob you sure you don't want to go to Bali let's just go to Bali uh you know because it's cold as you head towards the desert right and uh, and I don't do well with cold but i'm so glad i went so we left on the monday night and we drove inland towards Uluru. so Uluru, the big rock in the center of australia was the destination and uh, we went down the great central road which i had no idea but that's a tough going road like it's tough and we're in my little volkswagen tiguan with a roof rack and and uh and just everything jam-packed in there and, uh, and, and I cannot believe how many upturned cars, like how many cars don't make it down the Great Central Road heading towards the, that many. Oh, me and Jacob wish we had have counted them. Like there were that many cars just on the side of the road, burnt out, upside down, just left there. And we went through some interesting towns as well uh, along the way and we camped in the bush along the way. And uh, so we camped with wild dogs, <laughs> dingoes, uh kangaroos uh camels did you guys i didn't know (laughs) there were wild camels in the outback of australia and uh and whatever else was in the bush that i didn't know about uh and was happy not to know about and uh and so they were just roaming around while they were off the side of the road camping in our two-man tent the five of us uh and uh just to keep us warm and it was nice and cozy and um and so so, we left on the Monday night and we arrived in Yulara, which is the town next to Uluru. So, everybody goes to Yulara if you want to visit Uluru. And so, we arrived there and I'm really looking forward to a shower by this stage because it's Friday and we left Monday night. And uh, we're meant to leave Tuesday morning. We're like, you know, oh, why don't we just leave tonight? Yeah, no worries. Chuck the kids in the car and we'll just start driving. And, um, and so, anyway, we arrived to Ulara and everybody had the same idea as us. The whole place was just full. Like, we couldn't get a campsite. We couldn't get any accommodation. I was devastated. I wanted to, you know, um, do some laundry and... And so we had to head back out bush and camp another night out bush, and uh, but that was cool. It was a bit of an attitude test for me, and I think I did pretty well. But Jacob might tell you a different story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have different standards a- and stuff, and I try, I was trying really, really hard. But you know, when you got your eyes set on something, like you know, after five days. Uh, but you know, bush camping. There's something. It does something to your soul, doesn't it? There's something about bush camping, and uh, you got the campfire, the marshmallows. Um, you know, you got the stars. You know, you can be in a five-star hotel, or you can be million stars. You know, more million stars. That's what we were, and um, and and yeah, you're bonding around the campfire, and you got the sunsets, and just this. Th- just I fell in love more with Australia. You know, uh, this rugged land that we call home, and um, and so the next day we managed to get uh, two nights um, at the campsite there, which was pretty cool. I thought I'm just going to go in and have a chat with them. <laughs> Uh, and that's what I did, and we managed to secure two nights and uh, we checked out Uluru. myself and the boys walked around her. It's 10 kilometres around the big rock. Uh, As you drive there, I mean, yous have probably all done it, but I haven't, you know, I'm 42, 43. (laughs) And it's quite a huge, it's massive, and it was quite intimidating, really, when I kind of, when we drove in. But it was a 10k walk around uh, Uluru, and it took me and the boys two and a half hours, so uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, and then we decided not to head back the way we came uh, because uh, it was pretty rough going. And not just that, we wanted to check out Cooper Pedy. And uh, so Cooper Pedy is one of the hottest towns in Australia. And uh, it's an opal mining town and they have underground houses and underground... Uh, churches and and different things like that. So we stayed in an underground house, which was pretty cool. And Tiffany was so happy because there were toys. So she kept saying, "Can we go home? I miss Ariel. I miss Maximus, and I miss uh, Rapunzel. They're her toys." And, I, I, you know, she's four and I kind of felt for her because she asked like four or five times, can we go home now? I want to go see my toys. I miss them. And so, but at this house, they, 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 they had toys there. So she was, that's her favourite. If you ask her, she'll say, I love staying at the underground house. Forget about Uluru. Forget about the bush camping. And, um, and, and then we visited some underground churches, which was awesome, and motels and, and into the mine sites and stuff like that. And then we went across the Nullarbor, on the way home, which I've never done before, and that was awesome. Some people love it, some people hate it. Uh, it was just a walk in the park for us after the Great Central Road, where, you know, like this, and, um, and that was fantastic, and you got the uh, Great Australian Bites, you got the sea there and all of that, so it was awesome. But we bonded pretty closely as a family. You can imagine, right? You know, we're all together in one tent, Uh, you know we're just there together all the time we're averaging six hours in the car uh, with the kids Um, and and so we we got to know each other a lot better and 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 it was awesome but we noticed in each other we noticed strengths and we noticed weaknesses and uh, and some of us for the first time even you know and and we even discussed this as a family like we we went through each person (laughs) you know, and, and we talked about, okay, this is what I've seen, this is your strength, but this is what I see, you know, and then the kids did it with us as well, which was quite confronting, but cool, <laughs> and, uh, and, and but, but we grew closer, we bonded as a family, I highly recommend uh, these family adventures, but what we really noticed about one of our sons is he tends to find a problem with everything, and as you can see probably behind me, that's the title of the sermon, problem, big question mark and the first thing we noticed to come out of his mouth was negative and 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 you know w- why we couldn't do something what could go wrong uh why why you know why that plan's not going to work out um you know so myself and jacob were having conversations because We didn't really have a plan which isn't like me you know normally i plan everything out but i didn't have time to make any plans so literally we just jumped in the car and went and so we're trying to make plans where we're going to camp what town we're going to go to how many hours we're going to drive today and he's there listening because there's nowhere else for him to be (laughs) and 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 he's saying well that won't work or, or, or 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 what about this or you know and he was gravitating to what we would call uh the negative and um and we started to get a little bit frustrated, just a little, <laughs> just a <laughs> tad. But you know, I'm learning it's, it is a type of a personality, it's his normal, it's the way he thinks and it's the way he functions. And, and these types, types of personalities, and I can be a bit like this myself, they're worst case scenario thinkers. That they're a type of personality. There's nine different types of personalities and they're all nine normals. So what your normal is, I say to Jake, what's wrong with you? And he goes to me, well, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Because my personality is my normal and his personality is his normal. And this is Caleb's personality. And, and, and they take care of the risk management side of things. But it's interesting to note that, that this kid that I'm talking about, he was the one to alert us that there were dingoes, near, uh, not dingoes, wild dogs, which are more dangerous than dingoes, by the way. They were near our campsite. So he was aware he was cautious, he was looking for those hearing listening for those sounds, he was aware of what was going on, so he he let us know, so that's a good thing, right? The other kid had no idea. he was in like la la land like <laughs> he he you know he just he he had no idea what was going on so th- so we need these type of personalities right uh, you know a study was done by some anthropologists a number of years ago in the wild, and just for the sake of an experiment, they decided to take um all the chimps, so you got your Um, i don't know what they're called like pack tribe pod anyway group let's go with group (laughs) a group of chimps they decided to take all the chimps that displayed um, signs of anxiety out of the pack Um, so they took all the chimps that were warriors basically out of the pack just to see what would happen and they came back a year later and all the other chimps were dead So there was, we need these types of personalities. Hey, what's that? Is that a lion? You know, you need people in all four areas of your camp listening. You know, is that a lion out there? Don't eat that. What about this? You know, and um, they came back and all the other chimps were dead. But you know, it can also work against us. It can work against us where you become so consumed with problems that you are unable to live or enjoy your life. And so there's no way of escaping problems in this life. We all experience problems, right? All of us in this room right now would be dealing with a problem and it'd be safe to even say problems. You know, we're probably juggling a few problems at the moment. Some big, some small. But, you know, even the small ones are annoying, you know. It's like a little rock in your shoe, isn't it? And you're trying to kick it out and it just just won't get out. And it's a tiny little rock in your shoe but it's a problem because it's annoying and it's irritating. And sometimes they're even the worst ones because you can't quite put your finger on what the problem actually is. Uh, And then you've got those big, massive problems as well. And we all at one time or another come come up against problems where we think that there's no way out. I can't see through this. It's not going to happen. I don't understand how this, there's no solution. I don't understand how it can be fixed. There's no way forward. And we think of reasons why not. And these reasons sound justified and, and, and they, they make sense. And, and, and we, we may even have professional advice or opinions to back up why there's no way or why it's not going to happen or why, you know, there's just no solution. And we settle into the problem and we accept the problem as having no solution. And so we begin to develop a particular mindset that is not the mindset of God. Nor is it the mindset that God wants us to have. And uh, I want to take us to a story in the Bible, which if you've been around church long enough, you would have heard this story before. But I want us to look at it uh, with fresh eyes this morning. And so we're going to be reading from the Passion Translation in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room even outside the door, thanks. While Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralysed man. But when they realised that they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. And when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are now forgiven. Verse 11, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher and walk home. Immediately the man sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left the home. When the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God and said, we've never seen anything like this before. And so let's just think about this. Let's think about this for a minute. You have Jesus Christ guest speaker. Imagine that. Forget about Melissa Hill, Joyce Meyer, Joseph Prince. You'd like how I put myself in that section. (laughs) Forget about them. Jesus Christ is the guest speaker at Grace Church. How awesome would that be? This place is jam-packed Full. Full. So full, in fact, it's flowing out, to, out into the foyer and outside where people welcome us and then down to the steps to the car park. That's how full this place is and Jesus Christ is the guest speaker. Let's just sit there for a minute. <laughs> that sounds cool, eh? <laughs> and, then, and then what happens is you have four guys and they've heard that Jesus Christ is the speaker at Grace Church and they've and heard about all the stories as well They've heard that he's just been around healing people. They've heard that he's performing miracles. They've heard that he's casting out demons. They've heard that even the blind are being able to see. And so that's what Jesus has been busy doing. And they've heard these things because people are talking and, and, and they're hearing these things. And so they rock up to the park, car park out here. They drive in, they park the car. And uh, they get out the paralyzed man and they begin to head toward, they're coming here because this is where jesus is standing except they bump into a problem (laughs) and the problem is there's people there at the stairs and it's jam-packed and they can't get through and so they begin to realize hang on a minute we're not going to be able to push through the crowd we're not going to be able to to bring him to the feet of jesus And so they've got two choices right now. They could settle into the problem. They could accept the problem. Hey, look, we tried. there's no way we're going to get through. We're just going to have to just be here. At least we came. And maybe try and catch some of the sermon and just see what happens. And just be cool. Because there's no way we can get through these people. There's just too many people here. Or they begin to brainstorm and they be, begin to think, how can we make this happen? How can we make this happen? And I think it would have, had to have been the boldest guy in the group that made the suggestion first because if you think about it, let's climb up onto the roof, let's tear the roof off and make a hole above Jesus' head and then don't forget, you've got to get the paralysed guy up onto the roof as well. That's a lot of work. That's a bold plan, right? But these guys weren't settling for anything less. They had a plan and the plan was to get this guy healed. That was their plan. And nothing was gonna get in the way of that because this guy was gonna get healed. They had a plan for this man. And so it's a bold plan. And then, so they've gotta work out how to get him up on the roof, tear the roof off, make a hole, and then lower him down. So Jesus is preaching right here where I am. The place is full. They don't obviously don't care what anybody else thinks because they're slowly, while Jesus is <laughs> preaching, I mean, they're slowly lowering the guy down because it says right down, if we have it back up on the screen, right down in front of him. Where is it? And when they had broken through, they lowered the paralysed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. A bold, bold plan. They weren't settling into the problem. They weren't accepting the problem for what it was. They're going to make it happen. That was their mindset. And this is the mindset that God is looking for. They faced a problem in their plan and found a solution. And this is what we told our son Caleb. We said, look, you're a clever kid because he's a smart kid and you're a thinker. And you use all your energy to think about Uh, why something can't happen or, or what could go wrong and you use your energy to point out issues and problems that you can see but we said we want you to take it one step further and we want you to begin to use your intelligence and your energy to find a solution to the problems that you can see because it's not a bad thing that you see these issues and these problems but take it a step further and use that energy and intelligence to find a plan, to find a solution. Because that's how our God thinks. Imagine if in the Garden of Eden, Eve ate whatever she ate, apple, mandarin, I don't know, we don't really know what it was, do we? Banana. It was a fruit. And then God was like, oh well. <laughs> no other plan. Don't have a solution, sorry. User a stuffed, really. <laughs> Imagine that. That's not how God thinks. He's like, right, plan B. What are we going to do? Let's make this happen. Let's save the world. Amen? Amen. And so this is what we said to, to our son, Caleb. We said, uh, you know, in essence, we, we, we want you to change your mindset. We want you to begin to have the mindset of God because this is how God is. Uh, you know guaranteed Caleb 's not going to get very far to just just because he can point out issues and problems and tell us you know and sometimes and sometimes he 's right and that 's cool but but give us a solution give us a solution it you know, 's easy just to point out uh issues and and different problems uh, you know I was listening to a podcast recently uh, with Craig Rochelle and he was interviewing a lady named Carly. Fiorona, she's a highly successful uh, businesswoman, Uh, she even ran for presidency as well, she's the CEO of Hewlett Packard uh, and she's written a book called Find Your Way, Unleash Your Power and Highest Potential and she said most people avoid problems but leaders change the order of things for the better so they must look for problems. Problems are a signal that we are on the right path and she says to reach your full potential to reach your full potential, she encourages you uh, to find a problem that is close to you and that impacts you, gather people together and find a solution. That's her advice to people, to walk in, to, to, to reach your full potential as a human being. And, uh, and for me, I'm beginning to realise that problems are my friend. They can take me places that I've never dreamed possible. And it's a good thing, thing that I'm realising that, that problems are my friend uh, because I'm a pastor. <laughs> and, and I have my own problems, and, but I also help other people deal with their problems. And I was in for a pretty miserable life if I'm thinking problems are my enemy and they're against me. But before you feel sorry for me because I'm in the, the business of problems, where problems are, there's miracles. Where well, there's problems, there's miracles, right? So I, I get to help deal with the problems, but then we get to witness the miracle because that's exactly what happened when they lowered that paralyzed man down before Jesus Christ. He said to them, because of the extent of your faith, he performed a miracle and the guy was healed. They fought for the miracle. Would you have got healed if they got to the stairs and was like, oh, well... Gave it our best shot. You know, we drove here, you know, 25 minutes from Butler. Jeez, such a long way. And then we carried him. Like, I mean, he's heavy. And the place is full. Like, would they have got the miracle? Would he? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I know. I know, apart from him getting the miracle, it says the whole crowd witnessed it as well. The whole crowd witnessed it and they were awestruck. They were like, we've never seen anything like this before. You know what that does? That builds other people's faith. When you've got one person that's sick and another person gets healed, it builds faith. It does something. It's a creative miracle. What happened in their life can happen in their life. Um, praise God. Uh, and so these guys were bold as we already talked about. And so, and and they gathered together, they had a a problem which was this guy needs healing and they gathered together and made a plan and it was a bold plan and they found a solution Uh, and God calls us to be bold. You know, God loves boldness, like he loves boldness. You know, we can have all the gifts inside of us and we can even be aware of what those gifts are. You can do your personality test and your spiritual test which is a great thing to do and please come next week if you haven't done the growth track. But if you don't have boldness, it doesn't really matter because they're just going to lie dormant in you. If you're not using them, if you're not bold enough to step out to utilize the gifts that God's giving you, then they're just going to lay dormant. So we need to be bold in Jesus' name. If we don't step out and overcome fears, we'll miss out on miracles that God wants us to do. Like they could have missed out on that miracle if they were not bold to climb the roof, tear the roof off, drop uh, the paralyzed man down in front of Jesus Christ. They could have missed out on the miracle for that guy. And there's miracles that we can miss out on if we're not bold before God in Jesus' name. You know, I was sharing with our worship team uh, just this week on Thursday night that we have everything that we need inside of us. Um, every resource that we need to solve our problems, uh, to overcome, to break through, to make things happen, to walk in our giftings is inside of us. And uh, Jesus said in John chapter 14, uh, verse 15, he says this, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you another saviour, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside of you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. As for born-again Christians, if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, then he's living inside of you. So when the day comes, you will know that I'm living in the Father and that you are one with me for I'll be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you and will manifest my life within within you we just need to tap into the resources inside of us that's what we need to do everything that we need is inside of us already god's already placed it there his holy spirit is living inside of us and we just need to tap in to to those resources that means we can be bold we can be courageous we can be all he has called us to be We can deal with problems, we can find solutions, we can see problems as opportunities to grow, doorways to change and miracles. You know, Caleb and Joshua were the only two spies uh, that entered into the promised land because they had the right mindset as well. If you you don't know the story, God asked Moses to send some spies into the land of Canaan and uh, the land that he'd promised to the Israelites. And, and, And the thing is, is that land was already theirs as well. But 12 spies went in to explore, yet only two spies had the mindset that God was looking for. Only two spies out of the 12 had the mindset that he was looking for. Uh, and it was the same mindset that the four guys with the paralysed man had as well. The rest of the spies saw problems and said, we just can't do it. Our enemies are too powerful. They're already defeated. But the funny thing is is that God had already promised the land to them. It was already theirs. They just needed to connect in with God to tap into the resource as we do. Yet Caleb was bold. He was bold and he said he silenced the people. I mean, you've got a group of people and and he silenced them. That takes boldness to do that, to step up and, and speak truth and say, hey, hang on a minute. And so he said this, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. They had a can-do mindset and they knew that they could because God said that they could because God had already given them uh, the promised land. And so it's getting in line with God's promises. What has God already said? And we find that out in God's word and then we line that up and we get in line and we tap into the Holy Spirit. So when the problem came, they saw it. They weren't ignorant. They recognised the problem. Like Caleb's not ignorant of the problems that that we entailed on our big adventure. (laughs) But they took it a step further. They weren't bound by it. They were overcomers. And so are we, every single one of us. And because of that, they received the promised land. The only two people to enter into the promised land out of all of them was Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 14.24 says this, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. do you catch that? He follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And so this morning, the question is, is do you need to change your mindset? Do you need to shift from a, a negative mindset to a positive mindset? do you need to start believing what god says about you and what you can do having a revelation of what's inside of you you know there's nothing negative in god this really because uh, i'm preaching to myself this morning as much as i'm preaching to you you know i'm caleb's similar to me i just get to talk about him instead of using me because i talk about me a bit I, thought, I need to talk about someone else for a change But this helped me, there's just nothing negative in God. He's just always positive. He's, he's always doing something positive. He just can't be negative. So when you, when you, when you see things or there's issues or there's problems or it, it's like, well, well, God's a positive God. What's he doing? He's, he's doing something positive. And so we need to get in line with that. How do you do that? It begins with renewing your mind. Renewing your mind, and that's spending time in God's Word. Feeding yourself, you're feeding your mind with Scripture. You become aware of your thoughts as well. You start to think about what you're thinking about. So you think about what you're thinking about. And Because you don't really notice when you're thinking negatively, really. If you're so used to it, so ingrained in it, just what, how you've always been, particularly if that's your type of personality, if you're a worst-case scenario thinker, then you need to put more effort into this as well. And so you need to think about what you're thinking about. And if your thoughts are negative or not lining up with what God's already said or not lining up with His promises, then you need to change those thoughts. Change them. Renew your mind. Be in God's Word be praying, be in church. This is, you're renewing your mind right now by just being here. Be in connect group. You're sitting, you're listening to the Bible study, you're talking with like-minded people. People are speaking truth into your life. They're, they're praying into your life. That's renewing your mind. That's why it's important to be in church and it's important to be in a connect group. Yeah, there's lots of other things you could do midweek. You can renew your mind in front of the tally. What sort of mind are you going to get? Probably a negative one. No, I'm so I watch telly. I'm not, you know, <laughs> there's no judgment here. I'm just saying. If you want to change from a positive, from a negative to a positive mindset, you have to become absolutely positive in your thinking. You've got to become uh, aware of what is coming out of your mouth, because the spoken word is so powerful. Think about what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth. You know, I was reading a a book by yong Cho recently, uh, and he's a pastor in Korea. He's got the the world's largest church. The last count of members was 830,000, and that was in 2007. I have no idea how many people are in his church at the moment. But he talks about your imagination. So he says, if you're sick, imagine yourself healthy. If your marriage is struggling, he says, imagine what your healthy marriage would look like, what you want it to be, imagine. He says, if you have a child off the rails, imagine that child saved and set free and in church and on the front row worshipping God with everything he or she's got. He says, imagine, you know, there's a scripture in Ephesians 3:20, it says, "Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations. So it was, He'll do more than—I forgot the last bit. He will outdo the more, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. So He'll do more than you can ask, think, or imagine." I kind of stop at ask, think, but imagine's a whole nother ball game. That's how he grew his church. He just imagined people coming in and the place being full. When he's praying for people, he's got a gift of healing, but sometimes he prays and nothing happens, and he's like, you need to imagine yourself well. You need to imagine your son or your daughter well. You need to imagine your marriage Well. You need to imagine you're financially secure. It's think, ask, and imagine. And so the key is tapping into his power, connecting, praying, believing, reading his word. And today, you can make a decision. Put a uh, stake in the ground from this day forward. I'm going to commit to changing my mindset to be more in line with God's mindset, with Caleb's mindset, not my son, the one in the Bible. (laughs) Caleb needs to get like Caleb. We're working on it. But me and Caleb, I said to him, you know, hey, this is my weakness too. Let's do this together, you know. Like um, the four guys that brought the paralyzed man, like their mindset, a can-do mindset, a positive mindset. Here's a problem. What's the solution? There's got to be a solution. Imagine if we all did this, if we all had this mindset. When we see a problem, it doesn't have us running scared and full of fear. It's embracing and saying, because God is in us, we can do this. We will see this church grow. You know, whether Jesus Christ is a guest speaker or not, the place will be jam-packed over flying right down to the car park where we need to put on two services in Jesus' name. Amen. That could happen. We'll see people coming in, getting healed and set free and saved. They already are, but more people, reaching more people, reaching into our community, seeing people discover their purpose and walk in their destiny. You know, people are miserable and they don't know why they'll put on this earth. It's not a nice nightlife when you don't know why you've been put on this earth and what your purpose is and walking in your destiny. And seeing more and more people do that. Seeing people's marriages healed, united, people financially secure, being amazing parents. Could even get our own home church facility. We could do that, right? Not just for us though, for the generations. So our kids and our kids' kids have a place to call home. Grace Church It will be here in 50 years' time because of the effort, because of our can-do mindset that we've put in, that we fought for the miracle. We'll walk in boldness and do all that God's called us to do as individuals and as a church. Amen. I should stop. I'm having fun though. <laughs> Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your truth, Father. We thank you that every single person here has everything that they need inside of them, Lord God. Every resource they need, you have already deposited inside of them, Lord God. We thank you for you the spirit that lives inside of us, Lord. We thank you that problems, you like the four guys, no problem. Let's just rip off the roof. Not a problem. Problems are our friends, are a good thing. Create opportunities to grow. We pray for this revelation, Lord God, that we would view and see things, problems differently, Father God. That we would have the mindset that you want us to have, your mindset. We thank you that you love us so much, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in our lives, Lord. And I pray for anyone right now that is dealing with a huge problem Lord God, that you'd speak to them Lord God, that you'd give them a solution, that you that you show them their next step Father in this problem, in this issue Father that you'd open up a door or a way we pray for healing, we pray for miracles that would fight for the miracle Lord our imaginations God help us, teach us how to imagine I feel like I need to be taught Teach us how to imagine, Lord God. We just thank you for your spirit right now. I just want to pray for anyone that hasn't given their heart to Jesus. In this room right now, I just want to give you an opportunity. best decision you'll ever make is to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that's anyone here this morning, we're just going to pray all together a prayer. You might be recommitting this morning, and that's good too. So if you can follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Fantastic. I was thinking, I was thinking um, that song, Do It Again. I think that would be a really cool song to sing right now. You know, some of us have seen miracles, but we want to see more. And let's, um, if we stand to our feet and sing this together as a church and really believe that God's going to work in and through your life. Amen. Amen.